Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Divine Healing. This will be our first lesson. We will be teaching on Divine Healing on Wednesday evenings for quite a while. So if you open in your Bibles with me to Romans, the 15th chapter, verse 29, you'll find out the purpose for these teachings. The purpose. We have a purpose, we have a reason, and we have a goal. We have a purpose, we have a reason, and we have a goal for these teachings that we'll be teaching on Wednesday evenings. The purpose is found here in the 15th chapter of the book of Romans in verse 29. Paul said, and I am sure, that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Now, our Father, we thank you for your word and the power of your word. I thank you for attentive ears and receptive hearts that that word, Father God, may go forth into each and every heart. That the people may walk in the light of it. And be doers of your word and not hearers only. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Paul said that I'm sure when I come to you, I'm going to come in the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. You know, we can walk in the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. Now, the reason for these teachings or the purpose is to present the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. To present to the church, to the body, to this body. To anybody that's willing to hear the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ and to produce a positive attitude and a positive faith concerning this promise of healing. To produce a positive attitude and a positive faith concerning the blessing of divine healing. And not only just divine healing, but all the blessings of Christ. This gospel is filled with blessings. And I believe that we should have presented to us the fullness of these blessings. That's how Paul preached it. He says, I did not withhold one thing from you when I preached the word to you. I preached to you the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. And when I come to see you, that's what I'm coming in. The fullness of these blessings. Now the reason for our teaching is because divine healing has become more of a doctrine than a reality in the body of Christ. It has become more of a doctrine than a reality. And when anything becomes a doctrine, pure formality, and not really having the reality of its true significance in the life of the believer, then we fall under the category of having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. I will not be satisfied. I'll not be satisfied, hear my words, until we get to a place concerning divine healing, concerning the power of God in the air of healing, till we get to that place that everybody that walks into these doors is healed. Every person that walks and has a need of healing in their body is healed, and then is taught how to keep that healing and walk in the light of it, and then finally end up in walking in divine health. 
This is the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. And if you think you're going to get into it just because you read the, uh, the Bible a few times, or you read a good book on divine healing a few times, or if you think it doesn't work just because it didn't, it didn't work in your life or it didn't work in somebody else's life, you've got a, you know, another thought coming. Paul said you can walk in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. And the gospel is the power of God and the salvation, complete deliverance for the total man. This is the full gospel for the complete deliverance of the complete man, spirit, soul, and body. And that's what we ought to present. And the whole thing behind it is the power of the living God, the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay? We said the reason for it is because divine healing has become a doctrine and not a reality. It's lost the power of the early church. The early church knew more about the power of God in the area of divine healing than is presented to the church today. And down along the lines, right on down to the dark ages and everything, it seems as though that power was lost somewhere. And the doctrine went on, and the formality went on, and the traditions were practiced, but bless God, they left out the power thereof. And we want to reinstate and reestablish within our midst, in this body, the power of the living God to heal the body in its fullness. Also, the atoning blood of Jesus Christ... To free a man from the bondage of sin and sickness has been belittled and misrepresented in the body of Christ today. I said, the blood, the atoning blood of Jesus Christ and the power of that blood to free man from the bondage of sickness and from the bondage of sin has been poorly misrepresented in the church today. We have divided that blood in two and said, well, it's, he has power to save you from sin and he may heal your body. If any denomination does teach that he heals, it's only if he wills. If they do teach that he does heal, they say he can heal if he heals when you pray for. If not, then there's no way you're going to get it. So they have destroyed the power of the blood that's in the blood of Jesus that was shed for our healing of our body. And on the other hand, they've misrepresented that blood in such a degree that they say, well, yeah, we can be delivered from sin, but you know, you just go right on sinning as a Christian. You can't help but to sin. Hogwash. The Bible teaches us that this book was written that you sin not. If there's power in that blood, if we sing about the power in that blood, if we know there's power in that blood, then there's power in that blood to deliver from sin and to keep from sin so that sin will not reign in your mortal body. And we can cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and perfect holiness in the fear of God. Amen? And if there's power in that blood to heal the body, then bless God, we can, there's power in that blood to keep sickness and disease germs away from our body as we keep sin out of our body. Amen? Amen. Now, we want to present the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ so that we can walk in it. Now, thirdly, if you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 Corinthians, we have a goal. We have a goal. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 4 and 5. Now, I want you to understand something. No one is ever going to get anywhere in their Christian walk if we keep the standards low. You keep the standards low, and you're not going to grow. I'm presenting to you the fullness of the gospel of Christ because Paul and his teachings always presented the fullness of the gospel of Christ. He said, this is what you can't have. Now, you set your eyes on that prize, and you shoot for it. He says, I don't consider myself to have already attained, but I'm moving on, I'm pressing on for the highest prize there is, the highest calling there is. Now, I'm telling you that we can live free from sin and free from sickness. 
That's what the Bible declares. Whether you ever attain to it or not, bless God, you can do it. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ, doesn't it? Now, there's power in that blood to keep us from sin. 1 John 5.18 declares, Whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Sinneth not. But he keepeth himself from sin, and that wicked one does not touch him. Glory to God. You can keep yourself unspotted from this world, even though you're in it. Jesus did. He was tempted like as we are in every point. But bless God, he was without sin, even though he was in with the sinners. Amen? Okay. Now, our goal is this. Look at verses 4 and 5. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Of power. Now, that word power is the word dunamis. It means ability in miracle working power. My preaching and my teaching did not come to you, he said, in the words that man's wisdom preaches. But bless God, I came to you in demonstration of the Spirit and of the miracle working power of God and the ability in me to use that miracle working power. Next verse. For what purpose, Brother Paul? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In the miracle working power of God. It's one thing to have the working, miracle working power of God in our midst. I mean to tell you, if you've been around the last few weeks, you know that the glory and the power and the miracle working power of God is just, just hovering over this place. It's just, just, it just make, made its home right here in this place. But he's saying to us right now, he says, I want you to go on. I want you to take that miracle working power and I want you to apply it to your individual life. If you have a need of healing in your body, I want you to grab a hold of that power and get it. Now, we're going to see how we can mix faith with that power and, and re- release that power and ability so it can heal our bodies, set us free, deliver us, keep us from sin and sickness and disease, keep us from germs, keep them from attaching themselves to our body or whatever need you might have. But bless God, it's time that the church started realizing that the power of God is not to be denied. But the power of God is all sufficient to meet every need of the total man, complete man, spirit, soul, and body. Finances also. Amen. Amen. Now, we want to be able to get to a place in our midst that we reactivate the power that Jesus' blood signifies, the power that's in that blood, not only to heal the body, but to keep us free from sin. Free from sin. Reactivate that power. Let loose that power. That power has been hidden. Through teaching like this. Well, you know, you've been freed from sin, but you know you're going to sin just because, you know, you're in the body still. As long as you're in the body, you're just going to sin, 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 sin. Hogwash, let's not believe that. I don't believe that. Bless God, I've got a new confession I told you last time we met. I don't know, I don't know what days anymore. Glory be to God. It don't matter to me. It's the day of the Lord made. Amen. Amen. Whatever we met last, glory to God. i got a new confession in my list of confessions that sin will not reign in my spirit. Sin will not reign in my mortal body. And I don't have to sin. Because of it, I want to keep myself from sin, and the wicked one not going to have any place in me. Bless God, he's the master. He said, everyone could be as his master, didn't he? Didn't he say that? The Bible tells us to walk even as he walked, and we can do it. We don't have to yield our tongues to gossip and all these other things. We don't have to yield our bodies to sin and instruments of sin. It's time that we get out of this low life and get up into the high life and live that high life before this world, so this world can see Jesus in this earth and God the Father in this earth. And we become electrified with the power and the glory of God to meet the needs of humanity that's around us. Amen? Amen. I mean, let's face it. If we don't get ourselves into this place of oneness with the Father God and actually walking in this glorious power, how are we going to get somebody else delivered? How are we going to get somebody else set free? The reason why Jesus was so able to, to, to meet the needs of humanity because he was just electrified with the glory and the power of his Father. 
Man, he was like a battery charged up with the glory and power of God. And everywhere he went, that dunamis power just went on out of him. Glory be to God. When somebody touched the whole, got a hold of him with faith. Amen? So we want our faith to stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen? Glory be to God. And let's just have that glory cloud just sitting right on here so when you can walk in and just get what you need anytime you need it. Amen? Because we believe in that power. Now also, not only the, the uh, power that's in that blood to save us or to heal us, save us from sin or to heal us from sickness, but there is power and ability in the blood of Jesus Christ also to keep us from sinning and to keep sickness off our bodies. That is our ultimate goal. And secondly, to teach everyone how to come into contact with that power by faith so that he could live in the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ in his day and generation. Amen? Well, this is going to take some study. It's going to take some unlearning and some learning. But the first thing I want to do is go to Matthew's gospel, the fourth chapter, and I want to produce a picture. Of Jesus the healer. Everything that we have to base our teachings on will be the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If I can go back and produce a picture or an inner image in my life uh, as to how Jesus healed when he was here on the earth, then I can see him and picture him as my healer today, and I'll be able to understand how I go to him and receive that healing, just like any one of the many that went to Jesus and got their healing. But I've got to be able to envision or to picture this in my own spirit. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. And through the lack of knowledge, the people are destroyed and perish. But bless God. Well, let me say one more thing. There's two reasons right there why Christians die. Number one, lack of knowledge, they perish. Number two, where there is no vision, the people perish. Number three, not discerning the Lord's body, not discerning the power in that blood to heal the physical body, not discerning it, not understanding it, and partaking of that unworthily, some are sickly among you, and some even die because of it. There is power in that blood. And when I partake of that communion cup, bless God, I, am, I know inside me that that blood was shed also for my sicknesses and my diseases. Not only for my sins. Amen. And I am going to acknowledge that. I'm not going to divide that blood. But we're going to just let that blood flow through our veins, and we'll overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the Word that's in our testimony. Amen. Amen. And that's how it should be. Now, Matthew's Gospel, the fourth chapter, what I want you to do as we go through these, I want you to see two things. Number one, uh, the positive attitude. The positive attitude and the positive actions of the people during the ministry of Jesus. The positive attitude and the positive actions of the people that came to Jesus to be healed of their infirmities or of their sickness or diseases. Number two, I want you to see the master's response when the people came to him. I want you to see the master's response towards their attitude and actions when they came to him. What was his response when they came? And I want you to notice those that came in faith and those that came in not in unbelief. And well, Lord willing, if we have time, we'll, we'll see a lot of this. Okay, the fourth chapter. I want you to notice the action and the attitude of the people. After Jesus just declared uh, before the devil he would have nothing to do with him, he begins his walk on the earth to destroy the forces of darkness. Remember how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were possessed of the devil or oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He anointed him with the Holy Ghost and with power, 
He was walking around with the Holy Ghost and with power. I want to say it again. Holy Ghost and with power. Holy Ghost and power. Where the Holy Ghost is, there's power, bless God. You feel with the Holy Ghost? There's power in this place, bless God. Amen? We've all been filled with the Holy Ghost. That means we're filled with the Holy Ghost and with power. Amen. Praise God. Okay, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Verse 24. Note this. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him. Underline that. That's action. That is positive action. And they brought unto him. Today, if somebody needs to be healed, usually they'll call somebody and say, Come over here, you know, and, and help so-and-so or help this or help that one. There's nothing wrong with that, beloved. But I want you to note that if a person is desperate and wants to be healed, they don't care where he's at. They're going to get to him. There has to be some type of faith, some type of action on the part of that person that needs to be healed, that wants to be healed. Sometimes I think they just do things because we tell them what to do. Let's not tell them what to do. Let's just tell them about Jesus. Let's not tell them how to pray. Let's just tell them about Jesus. And you let them make that decision. You take me to Jesus so I can get healed. Glory be to God like the woman with the issue of blood. We'll get to her in a minute. But over here it says, They brought them unto Him. They brought unto Him all sick people. There's action. They brought unto Him all sick people uh, that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which are lunatic, and those that had palsy. Notice this. Here's the results. Here's what the Master did when they came. And He healed them. And he healed them. They brought them, and he healed them. Their positive action, their positive attitude, and his response to their action and attitude. He healed them. Now you've got to get the picture of Jesus in his healing ministry. Okay? Let's go to the 8th chapter of the same book. In verse 16, And when the even was come, they brought unto him, they brought unto him, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and he healed all that were sick. Again, we have the action of those that were the ones seeking him, either for themselves or for their friends or for their family, and they brought them unto him. They brought them unto him. That denotes action. They had a positive attitude towards this. They believed in that power. They believed he was anointed with that power. They believed in that power. And so they brought them unto him. They brought them unto him. And what was his response to they, their bringing them unto him? He cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Again, the same response. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same today. His power is the same today. Okay, next verse. Or chapter 12, rather. Next scripture. Chapter 12. Verse 15. Verse 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him. Great multitudes. Did you ever see a multitude of people? A multitude of people? A multitude of people is a lot of people. But this says great multitudes of people followed him. Followed. Are you following Jesus? 
they followed him like hound dogs. They followed him. No, they weren't just fooling around, having 17 different frames of reference to turn to. They knew the man had the power, and they followed him whithersoever he went. They followed him, they followed him, and the response for a person that follows Jesus is the last part that says, And he healed them all. Great multitudes. Great multitudes. His response to their positive action was, He healed them all. He healed them all. Not for somebody else. He healed them all that came and followed him. Okay, let's go to another scripture. In the 15th chapter of the same book. Or 14. Let's go to the 14th chapter first. 14th chapter, verse 35. In verse 35, we begin by saying, And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, Oh, glory to God, this is life eternal, that they might know thee. They had knowledge of Jesus. They had knowledge of him. They got some knowledge about this healer. They got some knowledge about this one that was going about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. They heard about the multitudes that were here. They had knowledge of Jesus, and here's what they did. They sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him. Brought unto him. Action. Brought unto him. Oh, they went out. They sent notices out. Glory be to God. Told everybody, come on down to this, this man, Jesus. They brought unto him. Look what else it says. All that were diseased and besought him. They brought and besought. They brought and besought. They brought them. They besought him that they might only touch, touch, brought, besought, touch, brought, besought, touch. You brought yourself to this place this evening. You, bes- you beseech the Lord. Now touch him. Go ahead, be to God. Don't go away without touching him. Be persistent. Be persistent and don't go away without touching him. Now I know this right now and I say it to you. Sure as the word of God is true. This place is going to be so filled and saturated with the glory and the presence of God, you'll be able to just reach out there and just grab your healing just like that. We won't have to lay hands on you. I mean, to tell you, glory be to God, we'll do, we'll have hands on you too. But also, the power and the glory of God will be in such waves in this place that you'll just be able to just reach out there and just say, glory to God, I got my healing. Because the presence of the Lord is present to heal. power of the Lord is present here to heal. And it's time that we start to stand up for what that blood represents. I believe there's so much power that we not begin to just touch a little bit of that power. You know, we get a little bit tickled. We get a little bit emotional. We get some of that glory come down. And glory be to God, you want to shout, you get a little emotional. But bless God, I want that glory to come down and meet every need of every individual that walks through these doors. Because we should have our faith in the power of God, not the wisdom of man. Shouldn't have to go out of here and go to somewhere else to get your healing. Bless God, you can get it right here. Amen? I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. And I'm going to preach it with all my heart. Amen. Well, glory be to God. What happened? They besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. No. When you touch the master, my friends, it works. It's those that don't touch that don't get anything. But when you touch the master, when you touch that power and glory, it works. It works. And as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. And notice how many they brought. All the regions round about, all that they could think of that was sick, they brought them all to the Master. I want you to envision this. I want you to meditate this. I want you to see this. And I want you to realize that that power is available for you and for me. 
Not only for it to be healed, but to use that power for those that are around us. Those that are sickly. Because we've been commissioned, beloved, to go out and heal the sick. Amen? And this is how we're going to do it. Matter of fact, I, I know exactly how we're going to do it. We're going to get so much glory in this place. We're going to get so much power in this place. We're going to get so close to that glory and to that power like Moses was when he came down from the mountain that shone from him. And we're just going to saturate in that healing and that glorious power until we just walk out of this place and it just oozes out of us. And bless God to just walk by them in the shadow, overshadowing some of them, just heal them all. Amen. That's how we're going to do it. I don't know about you, I believe in that power. I believe in the power of God. That your faith may not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I believe in that power. Do you? Amen. Amen. Well, let's look at another scripture in chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 29. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh under the Sea of Galilee, and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him. Came unto him. Came. They came unto him. Action. Action. Positive action. They came unto him. Here's, here's, here's what's wrong with, with divine healing and the laying on of hands. People get their eyes off Jesus and they get their eyes on the minister. They get their eyes off the master and they get their eyes on the minister. Now hear me. You're to come to Jesus for your healing. They came to Him. We represent Him in the earth. You come to Him. Everyone that comes looking to Him. Man, I'd like to say just close your eyes and just, 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 just act as though Jesus is laying His hands on you. That's how it should be. We're just an extension of His hand. You know the reason why? He, you know why He's not standing down here to heal you? You know, right by your side? Because He doesn't have a physical body. I said He doesn't have a physical body. But bless God, He's got a lot of physical bodies here. He says, I want to fill you. I want to saturate you. I want to be so big inside you. I want you to be filled with all the fullness of God to such an extent that when hand you lay your hands on somebody else, it's not you, but it's me. That's what he's saying. Because I can't do it with no body. You're my body in the earth. You know, once he did all his work and went up to heaven, he couldn't come back down and have a body. He could only come as a spirit. Okay? But bless God, if He could find somebody that's willing to yield their body to Him so that God can just fill up your body with His glory and virtue, then that same glory and virtue that saturated His clothes so that the woman with the issue of blood just touched it can saturate your clothes and that healing virtue inside your body will just flow out of you that those that come and touch your garment will be healed also. Because it's saturated with God. That's what He wants. And that's scriptural. I'll show it to you as we go along. Now, they came to Him. Not to the minister, not to the preacher, but to him. They came to Jesus. And when they came to him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down. Look at this action. I took the uh, time to, to look up that word, cast down. It means a sudden motion, or a fling, or a quick toss. Sudden motion, a fling, or a quick toss. Can you see them taking the maimed, the halt, the blind, and the deaf, and the dumb, and going... Here, Lord, I can just see it. Multitudes, you know, just like this. Boom, heal. Boom, heal. Boom, heal. Just, just one after another. Glory be to God. Can you see that? Can you just see that? Can you just see the master just one at a time? Just right, just keep on going. Assembly line, you know, just one after another. Well, we got assembly lines, don't we? To make cars and other things, don't we? He made his body, didn't he? Well, let him just do it. Glory be to God. Let him just do it. And he can do it. Because he made the body. He made all things. All things were made by him. And without him was there not anything made that was made. And if he made the body, he can heal the body. When he reached out to touch the uh, servant's ear that Peter had cut off, 
He just picked it. He just he didn't even pick it down, go down to pick it up and touch it. He just touched his ear and made a new one. Think about that. Think about that. That's the Jesus we serve. Don't you want to get close to that power? Don't you want to know about that healing virtue? Bless God, we learn how to do things in this realm. Let's do some things in the spirit realm. Let's learn how to make those things manifest in this realm. Isn't that wonderful? Put that ear right back on. Just like that. These were maimed, blind, dumb. All, all you can think of. But because of the power that was coming out of Him and the glory coming out of Him and the action of the people coming to Him, it was working together hand in hand to create all these wonderful miracles. That's the healing power of Jesus. And Jesus has never changed. Never, 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 never changed. Chapter 21. Chapter 21. Uh, start with verse 12. Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the, and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him. Oh, beloved, the blind and the lame came to him. See, they're looking for a man. Don't look for a man. Look for Jesus. He's here. Look for him. He's here. Come to Jesus. They came. That was their action. The blind and the lame, they came to him. They didn't care how they got there. They came. They probably asked somebody, you take me to this Jesus. Oh, I like to see the faith of these people. I mean, the glory be to God, you know, they didn't have the frame of references like we have. They didn't have the great modernistic hospitals that we have and so on, medical science and all that. They was either there or die, left over there in some dungeon somewhere just to corrode away and die. But you know what thrills my heart? God is so concerned about healing your body. God is so concerned about that body, precious body that He made for you, that He bought with the blood of Jesus for you, that He was willing to stop the revolution of the world. He, was stopped, he stopped the whole thing and turned it back ten degrees just to tell Isaiah, to tell Hezekiah, to prove to him, I'll heal you. You think about that. You think about that and meditate on it for a while. That He was so concerned about that body, letting Hezekiah know that I heal him, He stopped the whole universe and turned it back ten degrees. Just to say, Hezekiah, see, I told you I'd heal you. You think that's precious? Well, to heal the rest of us, he sent Jesus to shed his precious blood for us. Which was endeavor to get into the fullness of this. We've not endeavored to, to get back to where the early church walked in the power of it. We think, you know, well, praise God, we got all there is in all. We're, we're full gospel people now. We're filled with the Holy Ghost now. No, bless God. They knew more about the healing power of God than I think the church does today. But the church is gaining the ascendancy now. But back then, they walked in. For 400 years, they walked in it. Just everybody walking being healed. To such a degree that James had to say, if there's any sick among you, or are there any sick among you? He wouldn't ask that question in the church today. He'd say, is there any healed among you? No. He says, are there any sick among you? Let them call the elders of the church. Let them uh, pray with them. Pray the prayer of faith, and the Lord will raise them up, etc. Right? No, they walked in clothed in that glory and that power. It was real to them. They knew it. There was a reality of that tangible anointing and healing power of God that when it came in contact with anybody with faith, they was instantly delivered and healed. I'm talking about instant too. Praise God. Instant healings. We want to see it instantly. Amen? Well, they came to Him. And when they came to Him, what did He do? He healed them. Take those precious scriptures that we just said. Read every one of them. And meditate them. And get a picture, an image of Jesus the healer. They came to him, he healed them. 
They came to him and touched him, he healed them. They besought him, they touched him, he healed them. Everywhere you turn, he healed them. Okay? Now, every incident that we've named here so far shows us a positive faith and a positive move towards Jesus. Towards Jesus. Not the minister, towards Jesus. And in response to that positive action and positive move towards Jesus, Jesus responded by healing them all. Healing every one of them. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he's the same way today as he was then, then the same thing can happen right here as we learn how to appropriate that healing power. Now, let's go to Second Thessalonians, the first chapter. We said that Paul stated, I have come teaching, not in the words that men's wisdom teach, but I came teaching you in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That tells me there's something here. We can have faith in the wisdom of men. And it's a shame to say it, but a lot of people in the body of Christ have a lot of faith in the wisdom of men. The things that men have found out. But the Word says, if you want to be wise, you better become foolish to the things of this world. Become as a fool. Become as a fool to the wisdom of men. So that you can be wise under the things of the Spirit of God. And to the things of the power of God. Jesus was God's only way of healing. I want you to know something right now. Was there any problem too big for Jesus to heal? No. The lepers were cleansed. The maimed were made whole. The withered hands were restored. The lame were made to walk. Palsy was healed, delivered. Blind eyes were opened. Creative miracles took place. Jesus is God's way of healing. Jesus was God's way of healing. God has not changed. Jesus did not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has not changed in His methods. It seems as though we have incorporated into the body of Christ that God has another way of method, uh, method of healing other than Jesus. That's not true. Jesus is God's only way of healing. Did you hear me? You say, how can you make such a statement? I'll tell you right now. How many ways can you get saved? I said, how many ways can you get saved? By the blood of Jesus. Okay? Whose blood was shed for your sickness? Surely he bore your griefs and carried your pains, your sicknesses and your diseases. Jesus did. What's God's way of healing? Well, I ask you this one question. Was it sufficient enough in Jesus' day when he was here on the earth? Then bless God, it could be sufficient right now. It could meet our every need. But we've got to get to a place that we walk in that tangible anointing power of God. And don't just let it stay here and just get excited about it. We've got to learn how to appropriate that in our walk, in our lives. Amen? So we can walk in the power of it. First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, rather. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1. He said that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Notice the two words, faith and power. Your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but your faith should be in the power of God. Faith in the power of God. Faith in the power of God. Okay, look at verse 11. Wherefore also we pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of this calling, and fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness. How does he do that, Paul? The last part of this verse tells you. And the work of faith with power. And the work of faith with power. This is real. Faith and power. Dunamis. Miracle working power. Ability. But it's the work of faith and power. Not just power. Power alone is not enough. The power of God is not enough. It's a shame to say this. 
This power of God could be so full in this place. And the glory of God can be so powerful in this place. A person could actually walk out and not get healed because they didn't mix any faith with that power. But it's the work of faith and power. The work of faith and power. Now that's what he's revealing here. Faith and power. Now let's go to a scripture and uh, show you how that worked. Let's go to this woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5. I'm not going to take time to expound on this. I just want to show you a couple of scriptures. Uh, Mark 5 and 28. And 30 and 34. Here we have the same attitude. This woman, as you know, was dying. She sought many positions and many things. She spent all that she had. She was nothing better, but rather grew worse. In other words, she was looking after the wisdom of men. Again, I say to you that if, if that field, the positions that she sought, was God's way of healing, then she would have been healed through the position. But it wasn't. God's way of healing her was Jesus. And she heard of Jesus. And when she heard of Jesus, she came in a press behind and touched the hem of his garment. Because verse 28 says, She said, If I but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Alright, she touched his clothes and she was whole. Verse 30, Jesus immediately knowing himself that virtue, the word virtue is the same word power. In your Strong's Concordance is number 1411, in case you don't know that. Number 1411, dunamis, virtue, miracle working power, dunamis, 1411, don't forget that. And it means miracle working power of God, miracle working power, ability, a miracle working power of God. Okay, that power went out of him. She just touched his clothes. His clothes were so saturated with the miracle-working power of God that it healed her. Why? Look at verse 34. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Again, we have the two words, faith and power. Faith and power. The power was there. The power was saturating his clothes. The multitudes thronged him. The multitudes touched him. But this woman heard. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Then she said, positive action, I will go to him and I will touch him. And when others with an issue of blood, 12 years, when all their life flow is about out of them, and they have no strength and they're weak, and they give up all that they've got. They say, I don't care if I die. I don't care if the centurion turns me over to the crowd and, they, and the mob stones me to death. I don't care what my tradition said. I don't care what my religion said. Bless God, I believe that man's anointed with power, and I'm going to go and touch that power. And you watch when I touch that power, I will be healed. That was action. Oh, bless God, she touched that and it was like electricity flew out of it. Just, just, just the power of God flew into her body. And immediately she was healed of that plague because virtue gone out of her and Jesus said it was your faith that made you whole. Notice, it wasn't my power, it was your faith. But your faith activated my power. And that's why you got made whole. You think Jesus knew somebody touched her? You better believe he did. Said somebody touched me. They said, you see the, the multitude thronging thee? Yeah, but these other ones didn't have any faith, bless God, but it's just woman who had faith. God knows when you touch Him. And there's no such thing as touching God and not getting part of Him. I said there's no such thing as touching God and not getting it. You grab a hold of God, you get a part of that, and you mix faith with it, you got it. Especially when you mix faith with it. God in His mercy sometimes will heal you anyhow, but I don't want to wait for those any, you know, few and far betweens. I want to get it every time I need it, don't you? But I want to develop it so I can walk in it and just not let them germs live in my body any longer. Okay, so faith and power. Faith and power. Let's look at another uh, scripture. Luke 6. Luke 6. Luke 6, 17. 
Here we have another instance of faith and power. Faith and power. And he came down with them and stood in the plain. And the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon which came to hear him, to hear him, to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Not just to be healed, but to hear him and be healed. See, faith cometh by hearing. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue, 14.11, power, dunamis, miracle-working power. For there went virtue out of him, and healed them all. I don't know about you, but I like that man's ministry of healing. There went virtue out of him and him and all. You think he's lost any virtue? You think he's lost any power? No. Well, bless God, what incited them to go touch him? They saw the people getting healed. It stirred their faith. They had faith in the power of God. They, they knew it. They just wanted to touch the hem of his garment. They heard about the woman with the issue of blood. And when they heard that, what she did, they said, Bless God, if she can do it, I can do it. And they went and just touched that hem of the garment. And when they did with faith, the same power went out of him into them and they were all healed. Now, faith and power. Faith and power. Let's say it like this. This is a spiritual law. The spiritual law of contact and transmission. There is a law in the spirit realm called the law of contact and transmission. The touch of faith, the contact, the touch of faith releases the power of God and working together with that power creates whatever the need might be. Now, it doesn't have to be just for healing. It could be, you know, anything that you need. But the touch of faith and the tangible anointing of the Spirit of God, the power of God, that dunamis, that miracle-working power, when faith activates, touches that power, it's just like sticking that plug into an outlet and, and having the fan go on or the lights switch to work. So when you touch that power and that glory and that virtue... And mix faith with it by that faith and by that degree of the anointing power, it creates whatever that need might be. It might be healing, it might be something else, whatever that case might be. But that's called the law of contact and transmission. The power was in him and it was transmitted to her. It was so powerful in him that his clothes were filled with the glory and power of God. Now that's something to think about. The glory and power of God is a tangible substance. It's so tangible it can be stored in clothing. It can be. And even if it's stored in clothing, if someone were to release faith with that power that's stored in that clothing, it could produce healing and cast out devils. Go to Acts 19. Acts the 19th chapter. See, your clothing could become like storage batteries. Storage batteries. Just storing up the power of God. Charged up with the virtue of God. Oh, bless God, I'll tell you something. Some things that the Spirit of God has shown me that I'm just so excited about. You know, sometimes I think we get misled into thinking that not everybody has this power. But Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, right? Holy Ghost and power. Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you, you be anointed with power from on high. With the Holy Ghost and with power. Well, the Holy Ghost he had, I got. 
I got the same Holy Ghost, and the same power is of the Holy Ghost. And when they were anointed from on high with the Holy Ghost and power. That's the word ability. Same word. Uh, miracle working power. Miracle working power. So we got the Holy Ghost and we got the power, don't we? And we got the same power? Well, I'll show that to you as we go along. Look at it over here in Acts 19. Here we see Paul, who was a storehouse filled with the glory of God. Now, we know that the Bible says we all make up a habitation of God in the Spirit, right? Aren't you supposed to charge yourself up on your most holy faith by praying in other tongues and keep yourself in the love of God? Build yourself up, charge yourself up. He that speaketh in the unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. Howbeit the Spirit speaketh mysteries, and he charges himself up, he edifies himself. Okay, he is building up himself, storing up inside his own person the glory and power of God. You can get yourself so filled up in the Spirit that it oozes out to your mind. You can get it so saturated inside your mind that it oozes out to your bodies, the pores. Just, just come out of you, then it saturates the clothes that you wear. And when it gets inside the clothes that you wear, bless God, someone can do just what they did to Jesus. You say, can that be true? Why, sure it can. Look at this right here. Verse 11. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Paul laid his hands upon those special cloths, and uh, handkerchiefs and aprons, and when he did, the power and the anointing of God, a tangible anointing power through the law of contact and transmission, went inside those cloths, those prayer cloths we call them. And bless God, why do you think they came and, and, and had him anoint them? Because they believed in that thing. They believed in the power of God more than the wisdom of men. And they went and got them. They found somebody. They ran to somebody that they knew was anointed of God. And they got them to lay hands on that. Bless God. And they stood, went and took them to the sick people. And they laid them on them. And the evil spirits went out of them. And, and all of them were healed and delivered and set free. Storage batteries start, charged up with the glory and the power of the Most High. God works that way. He anoints men. Bless God. But He's given you the same Holy Spirit and power. That's inside you. That tangible anointing is God in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the fullness of God. Let God live and manifest Himself in your mortal body. That's what He's talking about. You lay your hands on that, you can do the same thing. And what do you think that is that comes out of you when you lay your hands on your kids and they get healed? That's virtue. That's God manifesting Himself through you to that child. That's exactly what that is. Now, you can, you can be specially anointed, but you don't have to be. You've got the same glory and the same power. There's really a degree of that power that comes out of you. And the more you walk holy before God and the more you, you get developed in that power and the more you let that power flow out of you, the greater the degree of that power comes out of you. And the more that comes out of you, bless God, the more that's released out of you, the more effective it'll be when you lay your hands upon the sick. Okay? Now here we see that this law of contact and transmission worked by the laying on of hands on cloths. But no, I want you to notice something else. Go to Matthew's Gospel, the 8th chapter. Did you wonder why Jesus told the centurion that he had great faith? And did you wonder why Jesus told the Syrophoenician woman she had great faith? I'll tell you what, this will just bless you. If it'll bless you like it blessed me, you'll be blessed. Glory to God. Over here in this 8th chapter of Matthew, we'll begin reading in Jesus, verse 5, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth homesick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I'll come and heal him. So turn answered and said unto him, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come out of my robe and speak with the word, only my servant shall be healed. I'm a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. I see this man going to go to the company, cometh and do my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And Jesus marveled said unto him, Dear God, I've not seen faith like this, no, not in Israel. He answered them to follow him. Can you imagine that? This Roman centurion had great faith. So great faith, not in Israel. And in the latter part of that verse down there where it ends there, it says, And he said unto him, 
so be it as you believe, as you believe, so be it unto you. And his, her servant was healed in the south same hour. Now listen. What was so great about this man's faith? What was so great about that centurion's faith? The key is when Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. The Spirit of God spoke to me and said, See, these others had faith in the touch. These others had faith in the handkerchiefs. Touch his garment. Bring them before Jesus. And when he was there, he could touch him, pray for him. It was all there. Sense knowledge. It was all there. Before Jesus. And Jesus answered according to that same type of faith. Because he said, I'll come and heal him. I'll come to your house. I'll go and lay my hands on him. I'll heal him. But the man stopped Jesus in his tracks and said, No, not so, Lord. See? The touch, the containing that power. The handkerchief contained that power. It could go. But words are containers. Words are carriers. They also can contain the same tangible anointing of the power of the Spirit of God. And this man went one degree higher in his faith. He didn't say, lay your hand. He didn't say, take your cloth. He said, you speak the word only, and the word that you speak will be filled with the glory and the virtue and the healing power, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus marveled and said, I've not found so great faith, not in Israel. Because if he'd laid hands on him, you see, that's a little bit different. But no, his words. You speak the word, and I believe there's enough power in that word. I don't need your hands on them. Just your word, Master. See? So that word became a container. And the law of contact and transmission. You say, what contacted the child? The word. Hallelujah. Jesus was here. He was there. And the word he spoke. Because thou hast believed. Great faith. Mixed with that power. And bless God, that person was healed over there. So you see, this. you can come and get touched, you can have a handkerchief, or you can just speak the word in faith, and that power is activated right then. Well, okay. Now, the Syrophoenician woman, uh, you'll recall she had the same faith. She was a persistent thing. She would not give up. Oh, that men would be so, so filled with the knowledge of God that they would just know that no matter what, you just do anything you can to contact that power and glory of God. This woman didn't care if she was called a dog. She didn't care if she was spit on. She didn't care if she was kicked out. She don't care if they curse her. She didn't care what they did. She says, I just want my baby delivered. And I know that you've got the power to deliver my child. Of that demon possession. Jesus said to her, it's not me to give the children bread and cast them to the dogs. And she says, that's the truth, Lord. Bless God. That's the truth. It doesn't matter. But a dog can have the crumbs. You know what Jesus said to her? Because of thy saying. Because of this saying, the devil is gone out of your daughter. There was great faith in the saying of that woman. The words that she spoke were so filled with faith that it activated the power of God in such a way that the glory of God came down and cast that devil out of that child. That was great faith. There was no handkerchief. There was no laying on of hands. It was the woman's words. Because of thy saying, the devil has gone out of your daughter. The same virtue. See, the virtue is everywhere present to heal us. That's why every Christian should walk in divine health. Because that virtue is the Holy Ghost that's in you that will quicken your mortal body by the Spirit that dwelleth in you. And I'll share that with you if we get any time. <laughs> Glory be to God. Well, I'll give you one more scripture and we'll have to close here. Let's look at one more scripture. It's found in Luke 5. This will prove to you beyond the shadow of a doubt that the power is not enough. Luke 5.12 Luke 5.12 Here we have another instance 
And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who, seeing Jesus, fell on his face and besought him. See, he besought him, saying, action. Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus had to deal first with the doubt, if thou wilt. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, touched him, touched him, saying, but he had to say. He just couldn't touch him. He had to say, I will. That alleviated the doubt. That got rid of all the doubt. That eradicated all that doubt. I will. Touch him. I will. Be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was departed, departed from him. And he charged him to t- tell no man but to go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according to Moses commanded after a testimony unto them. But so much the more the one of fame brought up him and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching uh, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come, which were come out of every... See, they came... But they didn't come to get healed. They came out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. They didn't come to be healed. They came to see. They came to see what's going on. You say you're going to have a healing meeting. Everybody comes to see what's going on. Well, you're not going to get anything. They came to see. Look at this latter part of the verse. And the power, the dunamis, the 1411. Bless God, the miracle working power of God was present to heal them. There was. But them didn't get healed. And behold, men brought in a bed. Now, see, these people come. Notice, they came to be healed, but them didn't get healed. But men brought in a bed, another man born of four, which had the palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up, there's more action on the housetop, and let him down to the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their what? Hallelujah, the multitudes, the Jews, the doctors of the law, the Pharisees, all the intellects, they had faith in the wisdom of men, but not in the power of God. But these guys, they tore the shingles out to get to the power of God. And when he saw their faith, he said, man, thy sins be forgiven thee. Jesus had to deal with every case, one at a time. This man had sins in his life that stopped the power of God. So he had to say, your sins are forgiven you. Now, whether or not the man knew it or not, I don't know, but I'm sure they were bothering him. See, he figured some sin was there. So Jesus told him, outright, thy sins be forgiven thee. Didn't heal him. He said, thy sins be forgiven you. Then the Jews and the scribes, they, they questioned Jesus. And they said, well, who's got power on earth to forgive sins? You're speaking blasphemy, etc., etc." And Jesus finally said, well, what's easier to do? Forgive his sins or to heal him? But to show you that I've got power on earth to forgive sins, he said that the sick of the palsy just arise, take up your bed and walk. And the guy did. Power of God did it. Power of God had to get through that sin first. Had to stop that sin so the flow of the power of God can get in there and heal that body. And it did. And it worked. Amen. The man had faith in the power of God. I mean, you know, someone come to a meeting and say, I can't get it. I'm going to wait in line. Can you see somebody just tearing down the roof? Praise God. We have to believe God. Amen. But, I mean, think of, now wait a minute. Think about that. I'm talking about action. I'm talking about action. You give up after, oh, well, you know, just took off one shingle. They didn't care. They ripped the whole roof off. I went to one meeting. So what? The power of God's here. Jesus is here. The glory of God is here. You keep coming till you touch that power. You keep having hands laid on you till you touch that glory. And you can mix faith with it. And the power of God goes in there and heals your body. Amen? Amen. Because that anointing, that power is here. Well, I'm just getting started, but we've got to quit. I'm never finished. I'm just quitting. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart 
that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.